Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck, and it's just the two of us, just a couple of couple of honchos, a couple of hombres, just doing our thing, rattling off facts in a, a super speedy manner with a limited amount of time. <laughs> so this is Short Stuff. <laughs> so we don't want to waste time with long intros. <laughs> <laughs> right. Saying unnecessary things. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so the Poe Toaster, huh? Is this the beginning of our uh, spooky content? Yes, it is. If that's okay, okay with you. Yeah, it's our favorite month. I love October. I love Halloween. I've been sitting on this one since last year, actually. Have you heard of this oh, guy wow. before? No. And and obviously, I didn't just ask Chuck, everybody, if he's heard of Edgar Allan Poe. We're talking about a corollary to the Poe legend. Uh, Everybody knows about Poe, the master author, the creator of the short story, um, believed to be the first person to ever write a genuine detective story. Edgar Allan Poe, everybody knows about him. We're not talking about just him. (laughs) No, but we are talking about his dead body. Yeah, which Poe would love. Oh, he would totally love it. He died, and he probably would even love dying under mysterious circumstances. There's no way he didn't. He was probably like, as they were dragging him out of the street, he was probably (laughs) like, this is so great. (laughs) Well, he was 40 years old. Uh, This was in 1849, and he was buried in Westminster Burying Ground in Baltimore, Mm -hmm. uh, where he made his home. And it was kind of not a big deal at the time uh, as far as, you know, paying tribute. He he had an unmarked grave for a while. Yeah. Uh, finally, a relative stepped up and said, can we at least get, you know, his name carved into something? <laughs> he just showed up with a stick and carved it in the dirt. He may have. Yeah. But, th- yeah, it was he was still fairly obscure enough that he, yeah, he was able to— first be buried in that unmarked grave, but some local academics started to recognize the man's genius, and they actually held, like, an early GoFundMe to to create a monument for Poe's um, grave, actually, and they were successful, finally, in 1875. That's right. So they had a, a monument carved. Uh, it was um, He was actually moved. It was dedicated on a, on a space a little more befitting, one of the great authors of his time, and they, you know, they exhumed him, moved the body. And about 10 years after that, his wife and his mother-in-law were buried uh, along with him, which is sort of key in this story. Right. And hopefully he wasn't like a Fred Flintstone type where that would have really bothered him to have his mother-in-law so close by for eternity. Instead, (laughs) I I have the feeling that it was a a very sweet gesture. Sure. So that you would think, well, that's it. That's the most you could possibly say about Poe's remains laying in the ground at a grave. Not true. That was the case from about 1875 to 1849, or 1949, I should say. And then, allegedly, on that year, the centennial of his death, um, he was visited by somebody who came to be known as the Poe Toaster, a mysterious (laughs) stranger who showed up at his grave on uh, his birthday, January 19th, every year, dressed in an all-black suit, a white mm-hmm. scarf, and a big, black, wide-brimmed hat to, dis- to, yeah. to cover his face, and created this ritual out of whole cloth that eventually attracted the notice of people in Baltimore. Yeah, so what would happen is uh, this man, presumably, mm-hmm. would show up with a bottle of cognac, 
and literally toast Poe and leave three red roses along with that bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are not, and this would happen sometime between usually midnight and 6 a.m. So it was even led uh, more to the creepiness of the whole thing. Right. Yeah. And no one did anything about it. No one said, hey, grab that guy and let's see who it is. Get let's him. rip off that hat and expose him. <laughs> right. It's Roy Cohn. <laughs> but um, so what happened was, uh, well, first of all, we, we should address the cognac. No one was exactly sure why uh, he toasted with cognac, even though I read very quickly on the Internet that mm-hmm. Poe loved cognac. Uh, oh, it wasn't in true? his stories. Yeah, he supposedly loved it, but couldn't afford it unless someone else was buying because, <laughs> you know, he didn't he didn't get rich right. doing this. Right. So, yeah, a lot of people are like, well, he should be using Amontillado because obviously the cask of Amontillado is one of his great stories. I don't know why he would be using cognac. Apparently, now we do know why. You just solved that mystery for me, Chuck. Thank you. What about those roses? So he would leave three roses on the grave, like you said, and they've um, people have come to believe that that's a gesture to to um, to give a rose to each of the people who are buried beneath that monument: Poe, his wife uh, Virginia, and his mother-in-law Maria. Um, so that one's probably the the likeliest explanation of that. Should we take a break? I think we should. Um, but first, we'll reveal. The identity of the Poe Toaster after this. How's that for a cliffhanger? Pretty great. So I totally lied on the cliffhanger. Um, no one knows who the Poe Toaster is, as far as we can tell, and we certainly don't. So there will be no revealing. We just wanted to keep you tuned in. Well, I mean, there is one guy who claims he was the Poe Toaster. In 2007, a 92-year-old man named Sam Porpora uh, claimed it was him. He was a former ad exec. Mm-hmm. And he, in 1960, was made historian of Westminster Presbyterian Church, Mm -hmm. which was apparently in disrepair at the time and kind of just full of people getting drunk and, and, you know, uh, not treating the graves with respect. Right. So he claims he did it as a promotional thing to sort of raise money and publicity, and it was he and his tour guides. Uh, This gentleman, Jeff Jerome, who is the curator of the Poe Museum, I think his quote was, there are holes big enough in his story you could drive a Mack truck through. <laughs> yeah, so but I couldn't find those holes. I couldn't like, I looked everywhere and I couldn't find him specifically saying why he did not think it was him. Well, so Jeff Jerome has kind of become like the de facto historian of the Poe Toaster because he he ran the Poe Historical Society for a while, or the Poe Museum, I'm sorry. Um, And a lot of people put a lot of weight into what he says. He claims that he had worked out a um, signal with the Poe Toaster so that the Poe Toaster would would signal him and let him know that he was the real deal because over the years, there were, right, there were... um, there were what are known as faux toasters, who people right. who pretended to be the Poe toaster after the thing became, kind of became a big deal um, starting in the 70s. Um, 
so that Jeff Jerome, at least, would know it was the, the real article. Um, but he swears up and down, and most people believe him, that he has no idea the actual identity of the Poe toaster. He, the only interaction he'd had with the Poe toaster is at Poe's grave on these specific nights over the years. Yeah, and I wonder why Sam Porpora would come forward and claim to be such so late in life. And they even asked him that in this article. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, why he came forward. And he went, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not a very good. Yeah, that that's a big hole in your story right there. You too, think? To, to not have a motivation. Yeah. If you're somebody who who starts out, and here's the thing, like this, this whole Poe toaster thing became a kind of a, a, a cause celeb in in Baltimore and, and places outside of Baltimore. People would show up and there'd be little groups of onlookers who would watch this thing every yeah. year. Um, and like you said, very coolly, never tried to find out who it was. They just respected it for, and watched from a distance. Um, so it kind of became like this this cool thing. But this guy was doing this for decades before it became a cool thing. So, of course, there's some sort of motivation behind all this. And uh, people who do stuff like that have a motivation behind everything they're doing. There's some larger meaning or some, something to what they're doing. So, yeah, he would. I don't believe the Poe Toaster would have come forward just for, I don't know. Well, I mean, he said he said why he did it. He didn't say why he came forward and admitted right. that he was the Poe Toaster. Yeah, I don't buy that but, kind of story. Who knows? I buy it. Okay. Uh, I think it makes sense as a former ad guy. But uh, at any rate, the— and he was on the scene as well as the historian of the church. Right. So anyway, no, I think sure. it's uh, – I think there's a lot of credence there. But at any rate, the uh, the gentleman, whoever it was, would leave these notes occasionally. Mm-hmm. And one note in 93 said, the torch will be passed. <laughs> Just uh, like it said, then, <laughs> it said in quotes, to be read in creepy Vincent Price voice when read out loud. Uh, and then in 99, there was one that said the toaster had died – and there was a theory, and I think Jeff Jerome buys the theory that um, the torch was passed to his sons mm-hmm. because they kind of did a <laughs> – uh, they were sort of lackadaisical about uh, how spirited they were with their efforts, let's just say. That was that was a really diplomatic way to put it. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> yeah. they would show up in street clothes. And from what I've gathered, like the the minimum criteria for being the Poe Toaster is that all-black suit, white scarf – and a huge it. hat. That's yeah. There's a certain amount of dapperness that needs to be brought to this, and showing up in like jeans and Vans and like a, you know, Counting Crows T-shirt. That doesn't cut it, buddy. <laughs> Although the Crows, Counting Ravens, maybe Baltimore. I, I guess I don't know. maybe maybe. <laughs> uh, so one of these notes, though, that supposedly was left by one of the sons, if you buy that theory, was. Uh, a prediction of the Super Bowl in 2001. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> that lame, the Giants, no that The Giants would beat the Ravens. So if it, if it was his sons, then I, I'd totally see how Jeff Jerome would be like, they're not doing a great job. Exactly. So um, so finally in 2009, I guess that's 20 years, 10 years? Yes, 10. Um, 10 years after the torch was passed, after the, the original Poe Toaster died, allegedly, Um they just stopped showing up altogether. And they they didn't show up in 2010, 11, and then finally in 2012 when they didn't show one more time, um, Jeff Jerome said, well, I, I guess I have as much clout as anybody being the curator of the Poe Museum. Uh, I'm going to officially declare this tradition ended forever. Yeah, but not so. 
uh, because he he turned on his heels four years later and in 2016 said, you know what, let's just throw a big party. Uh, we're going to audition uh, Potosters. And this is where the story really like gets disappointing to me. <laughs> I, I wish they would have just let it die. It's this mysterious, weird thing. Is it the raffle? And, yeah, they have a raffle. <laughs> they have a, a Poe-themed cake uh, that you can win. Um, you know, hundreds of people. They toast apple cider. And I, I don't mind them honoring Poe, but it just, I think they could have just divided it and not made it part of the Poe toasting thing that came and went. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to I have to agree. I like that it's a I, I like the idea of what they're doing. I like the toast with apple cider. I like all but I think yeah, maybe hold it at the local library or something because it really smacks of like the kind of event you would hold at a local library. Yeah, and it's during the daytime, I don't think we mentioned, which I mean, if it's not between midnight and 6 a.m., then just get out of here with that. True, but it does give the Poe Toaster an excuse to do some day drinking of cognac. <laughs> That's true. Once a year, at least. Or apple cider. Yeah. The, supposedly, the Poe Toaster does does uh, drink cognac still in oh, that still? tradition. Right. Yeah. So, I don't... Did you say that they held auditions for the new Poe Toaster? I did. And the new Poe Toaster plays the violin, though? Added a little extra flair? Yeah, maybe... You know, what's going to happen is they're going to hear about this and then make us honorary potosters, and we're going to be way into it. Yeah, right. Exactly. I'm going to wear a Counting Crows t-shirt. And I'll learn to play the violin. All right. So that's it, everybody. The potoster. This is one of those legends where I hope we never, ever find out who it was because I think that's wildly appropriate in this case. Okay? Ad executive. <laughs> well, since Chuck said ad executive, that's the secret word for short stuff to be out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.